Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to another edition of TC Live. We've got finalists at the three hardcore tune-up events around the U.S., one for the men and two for the women. But we are all turning our eyes toward New York with the U.S. Open only three days away. On tonight's show, we'll show you all the highlights from Chicago, Cleveland, and Winston-Salem. And we'll talk about the story at the U.S. Open. Can Novak Djokovic become the first man to win the calendar Grand Slam in 52 years? And what makes the Open special are those unseated Cinderella's who catch people by surprise. We'll make some predictions on who might make some deep runs in New York. Everybody, welcome into our studios. I'm Rob Simulcare. He's Prakash. He is Nico. And guys, I don't know about you, I am getting fired up for New York I did some checking around. I know how old all you guys are. Oh, no. None of us were alive the last time a man won a calendar Grand Slam. But we got a chance to see it in the next couple of weeks. I'm surprised how cool he looked today talking about Novak Djokovic in the press conference. He, he must like the draw that he had, I think. But he looked remarkably calm. He's been doing sponsor commitments this whole last week when the practices have been intense. But today he gave some cool answers. What do you think, Breck? Well, listen, the good news is that everyone's going to have lots of stuff to talk about over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be goat, goat, goat discussions all over the place. But as you said, Novak knows exactly what time it is, and he's ready for it. The beautiful thing is at this stage in his career, he says, I'm going after history. I know that's what it is, and he's embracing it. So I can't wait to see what he does. All right, we're going to do a little goat talk here in a little while in our next segment. But first, let's talk about what's going on on the hard courts. We start in Winston-Salem. Michael Emer looking for his first career ATP final, taking on the Spanish sensation Carlos Alcaraz. Well, Emer has been silently moving through the draw. Everybody was talking about the 18-year-old sensation, and Alcaraz did not disappoint off the bat. He was up 5-3, served for it, a 5-4, a couple of unforced errors. Let Emer back in this one. Little did we know that Emer was going to take the set. Seven straight games for Emer, who quickly took control of that second one. Alcaraz just could not handle the speed from Emer, who became a human wall at some point. Also, did his share of offense, but found his stride. The 22-year-old Swede, very solid performance, total control in this second set, forehand and backhand, even served very well in this dominant performance to reach the final. Akras was left asking himself what happened here after such a good start. All right, so Emer advances yep. to his first career ATP final in Prakash. Emer, not a guy that a lot of us were talking about coming into this tournament. Alcaraz, of course, was. Was it something you think that went wrong for Alcaraz here, or was it just Emer solid? Well, I think it's a little bit of a momentum play. In that first set, Alcaraz had a chance to close it out. All of a sudden, if he wins there, 
Emer might start thinking, you know what, I've had a good week here, I'm in the semis, and all of a sudden it's a different story. When he's able to squeeze out that first set, all of a sudden the confidence rises and you're not satisfied with the week. I think so much of that can change in the latter parts of a set, especially when it's the first time someone's in an event like this and the stakes are so high. Yeah, we were watching Alcaraz close this week and we saw him rebound from some tough situations, losing the first set to Poprin, then bouncing back. Then six love, he lost the second set to Futsovic and did the same. Today, he just couldn't do it and we have to give Michael Emer all the credit because he played lights out and he deserves to be in that final. All right, well, in that final, he'll have an opponent named Ilya Ivashka, who played a very solid match against Emil Rusevori, but really, Ivashka was dominant today. Well, a lot of eyes on Rusevori this year, one of the talented youngsters coming up. But again, Ivashka was just too tough from the start. He's had one heck of a season. He's had some pretty big wins over this year. He's taken out Zverev, he's taken out Vavrinka, he took out Kareno Busta, and he just competes really, really tough in the hard courts. And I think he does very well in the heat as well. He's one of the tough guys out there. He's not going to really beat himself, kept his body language up all the way through. And I love when he doesn't get too far behind the baseline here. He managed to keep his feet all the way up close to the baseline, cuts down the time for Rusevori, and you can see how much this final means to the guy. The reaction from Ivashka as he advances. So we have a final set tomorrow, as you see. A little bit of a ball toss there. That was between matches. That match went so quickly, the Ivashka match. They had some time to kill between matches. But Ivashka gets through. He'll face Emer tomorrow, 5 o'clock Eastern time. That's going to be the last of the finals tomorrow. We'll take you through the whole day. But that will be the matchup tomorrow. And now to the women. We start in Cleveland. And it was Annette Contivate taking on Sarah Soribes Tornamo. Contivate's been having a bit of momentum this year. She's chasing her third final of the year. And again, another player who stayed aggressive all the way through. Didn't really back up all the way too much. As, as Nico has been talking about, very aggressive all the way through today. Didn't really let Cerebes Tormo get started. And she won all the big points here. You can see four all in the first set there. Really stepping in on that backhand. Able to get the break, close it out. And here, early in the second set, Again, doing a lot of damage with that forehand. She was able to take it both directions in this match. A lot of damage cross-court, a bit up the line as well. Cerebus Tormo doing a good job trying to fight her way back into this. Competes very well on hard court. She had a good run in Miami earlier this year. But again, coming down to four-all, when it matters the most, that's when Contivate really rose her game. Here, triple match points, close it out with another gigantic forehand inside out. Third final of the year, Rob. And so Contivate rolls the first final in Cleveland in the history of that tournament, the tennis in the land. And let's talk about Contivate for a second. She changed coaches earlier in the year, wasn't happy with something, made the switch. Dmitry Rusinov really has that, Tursinov has made a big difference for her. I think so, but what caught, catches my eye, she comes into this tournament with four straight first round losses. Granted, they were against very tough players, but she just turned it on. Her forehand was the biggest weapon in the court, and she used it to perfection, like Prakash was mentioning. Sorry, Bestormo, a great defensive player who, incredibly, plays better on the hard courts than on the clay, but Contavit able to overcome, and what a time to do so a week before a slam. 
Yeah, she's going to have all the momentum that she wants going into New York. And, Rob, you mentioned working with Tursunov now. I think it's a great matchup. Look, Tursunov had a ton of power from the baseline. For him, it was always about reining it in, trying to stay a bit mentally tough to be able to find that consistency. And he did a good job with Sabalenka as well. So he has that kind of variety of working with different big hitters on the WTA. And he's been doing a great job with Contevet. All right, the other semifinal in Cleveland. It was Irina Begu. She came in hot. Three straight, three straight set wins coming into this match against Magda Lynette. Well, Lynette beat Kasakina, the number one seed, decisively in the round before. But Begu, look at her confidence. She was just exuding trust in herself, winning that first set in a tiebreaker and just took off early in the second. Yeah, Lynette, yeah. as we mentioned, had a great start of the week, but Begu wire to wire. Here we have the match point at number 74 in the rankings. She's 31 years of age and hitting her stride. Looking very confident this week in Cleveland. Alright, so Irina Begu having herself a week in Cleveland as she's through to the final. So here's our championship Saturday before the big Grand Slam here on Tennis Channel. We start with Begu and Contivate, and then it'll be Alina Spitalina and Alizé Cornet. We'll talk about that one from Chicago in a bit. And then the men's match from Winston-Salem. We talked about it, Ilya Ivashka and Michael Emer. So, big day set for tomorrow and uh, a lot coming up next week in New York when we come back here on Tennis Channel. We're going to talk about a couple things. The sleepers. Every year you get the early round upsets, who are some potential sleepers? And then, of course, the story everyone is talking about. Joker going for the calendar Grand Slam. Can he get it done? Who might stand in his way? We'll talk about it when we come back on TC Live. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Second time, Novak Djokovic is the Australian Open champion. The third major for Novak Djokovic. So Novak Djokovic writing quite a little history for himself here in Australia. Never doubted. Fifth Australian Open for Novak. It's Djokovic again. It's a half dozen for Djokovic down under. In the play. A fourth Wimbledon crown for Novak Djokovic. What a ride it's been for Novak Djokovic. As complete a performance as you'll ever see. Djokovic tastes the grass for the fifth time. Djokovic still reigns in Australia. 18 overall. Novak Djokovic comes back from the break. Novak Djokovic has turned the greatest race in tennis into a three-way tie. And speaking of three-way ties, there it is. Most major titles of all time. Novak Djokovic tied with Nadal and Federer. So much history on the line in in New York for Djokovic as he goes for the calendar Grand Slam. He talked about facing that history today. 
have to take one, hit the one ball at a time, as they say, you know, try to be in the moment and have a guiding star in a way, a dream to, to win a slam uh, here, which would obviously complete the, the calendar slam. I'm, I'm hugely inspired and motivated by that, no doubt. Without Rafa and Roger uh, participating, um, I, I feel it. I know, I know there's a lot of people who are going to be watching my matches and expecting me to, to do well and fight for a slam. But uh, regardless of Roger's and Rafa's absence, you still have tremendous quality tennis players that are probably right now on a hot streak like Zverev, Medvedev, you know, uh, Tsitsipas. Those are the three top contenders. There is a slight difference uh, in, in terms of uh, what's at stake um, and the feeling towards that, but I don't give it uh, too big of a significance uh, on a daily basis because, you know, I'm trying to be in the present moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Djokovic looking calm, really. I, I, I was impressed by how calm he looks after obviously taking some time off since Tokyo. And, Nico, we, we saw that incredible video to start that segment of just all the wins. 2011 on, it just seems like it was pure dominance for Novak Djokovic. If he pulls it off in New York, I know we like to debate the GOAT, everybody's favorite <laughs> phrase, the GOAT. But do you think he gets to hang that around his neck if he wins in New York? Well, let's just look at, at these numbers. We saw there that he won the Australian Open in 2008. If my math serves me right, considering there was no Wimbledon last year, you can't count this year U.S. Open. This guy has won 20 out of the last 44 slams. So that tells you something. He did it a lot less time than, than the other two, and, and I think the numbers speak for himself. And, and talking about his confidence... He has to be cool under pressure to have those numbers in the majors. Okay, so Nico, I agree with what you're saying, but you know what, since we're having a little fun here, I'm going to make a different case. Now, you're going straight with the numbers here. So I think if you look at the intangibles, there are lots of other things to consider. I mean, look, Roger Federer competed with Rafa and Novak for so many years when I truly believe he wasn't quite in his prime. When he was in his prime, he, w- he was giving Leighton Hewitt, uh, Andy Roddick, all of these, all of these you know, thrashings in, in big events and so forth, and he was so far away from the pack. So you could make arguments for, for all of them, Rafa, Roger, and Novak, I mean, 13 French Opens, but at the end of the day, in a few years from now, if he's separated himself, maybe 22, 23, it's going to be a tough argument not to, not to go with the man. Oh, we can talk all night about this. We absolutely if we start can. dissecting, you know. <laughs> That's why the joke debate right, never right. ends in any sport. You can continue it and yeah. it never ends. But, you know, listen, I joked at the top of the show that you know, none of us were alive the last time a man won a Grand Slam. Of course, Rod Laver in 1969. And uh, this is an incredible potential accomplishment that we're talking about here. How big a deal do you think it is? Because we've all talked about, you know, there was a Serena Slam. There have been other players to hold all four Grand Slam titles at one time. How big a deal is it to complete it all in one calendar year? Well, Rob, I would like to take this question first, but I'm going to have to defer the coin toss because if I remember back 
1988, there was a certain gentleman in the junior game who took three out of the four Grand Slam, <laughs> almost had that calendar year Grand Slam, so I'm going to have to defer to my Venezuelan champ over here. I mean, those tickets for the Sunday final of the men are going to be increasing in value as Novak Djokovic advances. Because to be a part of history, if you're a tennis lover and and if you follow the history of our game that is based on tradition, to be present the day he he wins there, everybody's going to claim that they have been there. But to have the ticket in in the hand and and to have the picture and to have the image and to have lived it because it's going to be epic is something that we all crave in this game. Listen, it's so, it's so unique how you, you define what is special in sport, what is not. I mean, look, to have all four Grand Slams at one point, it's about as special as you can get. But there's something about doing it in the tennis season from January to December. It's when everyone restarts in January and when everyone shuts down in December. It's almost a little bit of an arbitrary thing, but that adds even more pressure to the whole situation. So we have all of that riding on Novak. And as Rob, Nico, you guys said, he looks so calm out there. He's been very open about all the mental work he's done and the people that he's worked with over the years to improve his mentality. And and he's been open with it, which has been great for us to share on that journey. So... I can't wait. If we can get to that Sunday, it's going to be a special thing to watch. All right. Well, there's 127 players showing up in New York who are hoping he does not win the Grand Slam. And so here are some of the players. Again, if this is if the seeds hold, here is how Djokovic, what his road will look like. You see a qualifier in round one. Then I, I, I don't know about you, Prakash. I skip ahead to that quarterfinal and Berrettini. Yeah, he'll have a qualifier and hold a rune in the, in the first round, but the names that really stand out, exactly as you said, Veratini and Zverev. Look, Zverev knows what it is to beat Novak Djokovic. He's taken him out recently in the Olympics on a hard court in spectacular fashion, being down a set and a break. Berrettini, this guy's got the firepower. He played him very tight in Roland Garros. He played him very tight in the finals of Wimbledon. I actually think the hard courts are a better surface for him. you probably got to look at those two guys as the primary threats. Well, we were wondering who was going to be on his side and Isverev who beat him in the Olympic Games and you know how tough he's been playing. He won that 1,000. He has that Olympic gold hanging on his neck. He's full of confidence. So I look to Zverev as the guy that could truly challenge Djokovic for this crown. All right, well, this is a very elite club that Novak Djokovic is trying to join. And there it is, the calendar slam winners, men's and women's all-time It is elite. That is what Novak Djokovic is going for in New York. We can't wait to watch it. We'll be back with more TC Live in a minute. Alina Svitolina is the only top 10 player, male or female, competing still in the hardcore tournament. And she took on Rebecca Peterson for a shot in the Chicago final. Well, one half of my favorite superhero power couple who just got married, Black Panther and Superwoman, I think she went with. Looked great on their wedding day, and Svitolina looked brilliant in this first set. This is the kind of tennis we know her to be playing. Very dominant on both sides. And listen, when she's finding consistency on that forehand side, which is just such a big weapon, well, she's she's pretty tough to beat. You saw their 6-1 first set, but a good fight from Rebecca Peterson to fight back, get this second set, squeezed out a tie break, was making a match of it, but Svitolina did good to jump on her right early, in the early part of this third set, got a break, kept her nose out in front all the way through. Really good body language, too. I think that counts for a lot, especially in the hot conditions, U.S. Summer Series. You really want to stay positive all the way through. Otherwise, it can be very sapping, draining. You can start getting down on yourself. 
But uh, a double fall right there from Peterson seals it, and Svitolina moves into her first final of the year. Last minute wildcard into this tournament, and she reaches a final. It could just be the piece she's missing to win that first Grand Slam. She's had issues in the past. Closing matches had a bit of it today, but was able to bounce back, I hope, with that bronze medal in the Olympic Games and what you mentioned, when she keeps wearing the purple. So let's see if that that's theme come next week. Black Panther vibes exactly. from Gail. I dig it. Uh, you see? All right. Well, the contender in New York, Svitolina, will play all the way into Saturday in Chicago. Meanwhile, let's take a look at what's going on in social media. And if you want to get some sleeper picks, maybe some folks to impress your friends or, you know, maybe make a little money if you're the betting type. We got an article on Tennis.com for some of the sleepers, unseated sleepers who could potentially make a run into the second week in New York. And I want to throw it at you guys. Prakash, I'll start with you. Who you got? An unseated player who you think can make it into the second week in New York. Well, I'm going with a guy who I think was just a little bit outside of the seating. But listen, I've been sticking with Americans for the last few weeks on TV, and I'm sticking with an American right here. I'm going with Mr. Sebastian Corda, who has been playing fantastic tennis all year, round of 16 at Wimbledon. I'm looking for him to get to that second week here. Going to have a tough one against the ninth seed, Pablo Carreno Busta, but I think he's getting it. Well, interesting. Very interesting. Going with Corda, he's has not had a great summer, but I'm with you. I would love for Sebi to do good. It is easier in the woman because it's two out of three sets for the men, three out of five. I think it's a little tougher. Georgie here winning that 1,000 could be. But I'm going to go with a guy we've been watching all week, Ilya Ivashka. What a performance. This guy's just been dominating. I know he, he plays one of... Uh, your boys, Tennis Sandgren, an American guy. Another American but it's, guy. It's, 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 it's going to be really tough for, uh, for uh, anybody to beat Ivashka. I think he, he goes to the second week. All right. Well, up next on our social feed for the night, Don Budge. This is an incredible story. This is the 1938 year, the last guy, uh, the, the first, I should say, Grand Slam in the history of tennis. And this is pretty cool stuff, uh, a good read if you want to check out this really tremendous story about Don Budge, a legend, a legendary name. A lot of folks watching today probably don't know a lot about this story, but the 1938 Grand Slam. Well, you should do yourself a favor and read this brilliant article by our uh, resident historian, Mr. Joel Drucker. I, I love the piece, and it was brilliant how you compare Don Budge to Novak Djokovic. Very similar in a lot of different aspects. Added a lot of fitness to their game midway through their career. Brilliant, brilliant backhands. And, and they were both vicious, vicious competitors. I will say, Nick, I'm not sure how Novak's flexibility and splits would have done in those long white pants. <laughs> Anything by Joel Drucker is going to serve you right if you're a tennis lover. Yeah. That guy really knows... He's tough, and he, he writes beautifully. And anything that comes out from him, make sure you get it, your hands on. All right, guys, we'll be back to wrap things up here on TC Live in just a minute. Before we go, there's a look at our Saturday schedule. We start in Cleveland at 1, Chicago final at 3, and then Winston-Salem at 5. We're back on TC Live, and don't forget, U.S. Open coverage here on Tennis Channel starts Monday. We got daily TC Live pregame show every day, 10 o'clock Eastern time. And then after the matches conclude, encore presentations after midnight every single night. So check it out here on Tennis Channel. And in New York, Nico, qualifiers. These folks have all gotten through to the main draw. Well, an American at love is the first one up in the top corner. Emma Raducanu, she's the sensation 
that took Britain by storm in this year's Wimbledon. And Christina Pliskova, the twin, making it through the lefty twin. But I'm very high on Maxine Chrissy. I've been watching this guy play for a year and a half now, and this guy is 6'7", two first serves. He likes to serve and volley. That was my style. So good on him to have qualified. I hope he does great. Good for all of them. That's a great feeling, I'm sure, for all those folks, men and women in New York, yeah. getting ready to play in the main draw. All right, our hot shot of the day. Prakash, it's a net contivate. It certainly is, and it was not just a hot shot, but when in the match it came. You can see four all here, love 15, dead run, Ned Contave in the far court. A Djokovic-esque backhand on the run, threads the needle, finds the line. Three best Tomo can just look in disbelief. Coming hot up shot of the day. Goods there on a, in a big spot. Contivite. All right, well, Nico, you called the matches in Winston-Salem. A couple of quick ones, but I, I love this shot here, the, the ball tossing. Could you tell, did anybody actually get, no. get one in? Nobody made it. <laughs> I'm looking for listen, it. Listen, listen, you give me that many balls, I'm at least getting a couple in those things. <laughs> well, we'll have to work on that for next Amazing year. Amazing was how quick they picked up those balls. It took them like 15 <laughs> seconds. All right, here's our lineup for tomorrow. Championship Saturday. Something a little unusual here. All starts at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Begu and Contivate. Then it's Svitolina and Cornet. And then the men, Ivashka and Emir. Give me a winner here, Nico. Who you got? I don't think it's going to be very difficult to beat Ivashka. That's the matches uh, we've been watching. I don't know what you have been, but Ivashka has been very impressive. Emir, sneaky, stealthy, good today against Alcaraz. Yeah, I think you have the, you have the right pick there. And uh, I'm going with... Uh, Miss Superwoman, Mrs. Black Panther. I'm not sure which she goes by these days, but I like her to pick up her first title. Svidalina is looking really good the way she came through. All right, well, that's going to be it for tonight. We will be back tomorrow after all the matches from Chicago, from Cleveland, from Winston-Salem, and to get you set for the U.S. Open starting on Monday. That's all for us. Have a great night.